Hello again. Welcome to Wrestling with Scripture. I'm Pastor Wes Gunther, pastor of the Cedar Hill Baptist Church in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. We'd like to take this podcast as an opportunity to look at some uh, biblical passages or biblical topics that maybe sometimes uh, folks struggle with or uh, have questions about and uh, try to bring some biblical clarity uh, to understanding those passages. Uh, today, in particular, I want to look at the subject of the rapture. And in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses uh, 16 and 17, tells us, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Probably the most uh, common verses in regards to the rapture of the church, um, probably the verses that are used uh, so often at a funeral uh, or a memorial service for someone as we look forward with hope uh, to being re reunited with them and, of course, reunited with the Lord at some point. And so the question is, uh, what is the rapture of the church? Is that, uh, 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 how do, what does the Bible have to say about that subject? I think it's a hotly debated uh, topic today uh, in churches, uh, maybe more so uh, than even in years past. Uh, but uh, is the church going to be raptured or do we have that understanding wrong? Uh, I don't think there's any question of the Lord coming back. Um, but as a uh, pre-millennial, pre-trib uh, position of myself and Cedar Hill Baptist Church, uh, we believe that Jesus is going to call home or rapture home the church first. So the believers in Christ will be raptured or taken from the earth first. Then there will be a seven-year tribulation period. Then Jesus, along with the saints, those who have died and gone to heaven, those who are raptured, we will return with Jesus Christ to the earth where he will set up a 1,000-year millennial kingdom. He will rule and reign on this earth uh, from Jerusalem. He will rule and reign without uh, all the effects of the sin curse. And so uh, the earth will be restored to that which the Lord had planned back from the beginning. And uh, without with Satan being bound for a 1,000 years, with the sin curse being removed, uh, Christ will rule and reign uh, in, in a more perfect, harmonious government and uh, worship system. Um, there will still be some sin. We'll see that at the end, um, kind of rise up at the end of the millennium, but there will be that during that time that the Lord himself will deal with. Uh, and then after the millennial uh, kingdom, after the thousand-year reign, Satan is loosed for a season uh, to deceive uh, those who were born during that time, those mortals that were born during that time, uh, he will lead an insurrection against Jesus Christ. Uh, Christ will put him down, of course, with the word of his mouth, and uh, we will have what is called the great white throne judgment, which you know, those who have never put their faith in Christ uh, from uh, Old Testament through the New Testament age, the church age, through the tribulation period, through the millennial kingdom, they will stand before um, God Almighty, the books will be opened, the Lamb's Book of Life will be opened, their names are not contained therein, and so Satan and unbelievers will be cast into the lake of fire. And so that's kind of the time uh, line, time frame that we're talking about that uh, we believe is a biblical position uh, on last things and on the uh, uh, 
book of Revelation and the prophecy of the word of God. And so that's kind of our time frame that myself as a pre-trib, uh, so I believe the church will be raptured pre-tribulation and uh, pre-millennial, you know, that you know, we believe uh, all these things will happen before the millennial kingdom. Um, so we're not a millennialist or uh, post-millennialist or something like that. We don't believe that you know, we're going through the millennium or the millennium is a spiritual thing. I believe it's a literal event, a literal thousand-year reign of Christ uh, with the saints upon the earth um, for that thousand-year period while Satan is bound. And so backtracking just a little bit, today we want to talk about the rapture of the church. And so uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 and 17 uh, give us the idea that the trump will sound, the trumpet will sound, the archangel will blow the trumpet, uh, those uh, that have... Um, uh, died, physically died, uh, but our believers in Christ will, will rise. Their graves will be opened. They'll rise. And then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so just a little terminology. Number one, this is not the second coming because Christ does not come back to earth. Uh, we will meet him in the air, the Bible says. And so the second coming is when he comes back at the beginning of the millennial kingdom, or right at the end of the tribulation period, uh, he will uh, put an end uh, to the battle of Armageddon, uh, put an end to the armies of Satan, and uh, establish his kingdom. That's, that's the second coming of Jesus Christ. He comes back to earth. Came the first time in Bethlehem. Came the first time in humility. Came the first time uh, in relative obscurity. But he'll come the second time in glory. He'll come the second time triumphantly. He'll come the second time as the king that they were looking forward to the first time. Uh, but first, in particular today, we want to look at this rapture of, of the church. Why do we believe that? What's our basis for that? First of all, it follows a literal chronological order of things. Uh, we see the, uh, the church. We see the judgment to the church. That would be the judgment seat of Christ, uh, sometimes referred to as the Bema seat. Uh, we see the church being rewarded uh, for uh, that which they have done for the Lord. It has nothing to do with uh, sin and salvation. Uh, this has everything to do with uh, what we've done for the Lord. And so the judgment seat of Christ uh, it takes place. That's why we see the saints come back with him arrayed in white robes at the second coming. And so that has to have taken place. Uh, and so we see a literal chronological order of events unfolding. We're going to talk about that uh, quite a bit in these next couple of points. Uh, number two, uh, the Bible speaks about the church being, quote, saved from the wrath to come. First uh, Thessalonians 1.10, uh, chapter 5.9, Revelation 3.10, just some references to that. The church being saved from the wrath to come. And so that is that uh, we, we believe, uh, we have an Old Testament picture of this, but we believe the church will be removed before the tribulation period. Uh, so before the tribulation uh, begins, the church will be saved from that, saved before that wrath. God's outpouring upon the earth of judgment, the church will be removed before that. Much like Noah and his family went into the ark before the rain started. Uh, God put them in the ark. He put the animals in the ark. God shut the door of the ark, and then the rain started. And um, it wasn't a last-minute you know, getting on the boat with the water rising. No, no, they were safely away before the rain even started. And so, um, you know, this would be why um, we understand 
that the tribulation period is really divided into two halves. The second half of the tribulation period is uh, much worse than the first half. And so there are those that believe that the rapture will be mid-trib uh, because that would be God's full wrath in the second half. Uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to the importance of the whole seven-year period uh, in just a moment. But I believe that the church will be raptured before the tribulation period. Number three, the Antichrist comes on the scene, and he comes on the scene at the beginning of the tribulation period. And what, what allows that Antichrist? Uh, we don't know who he is. We don't know what his name is, of course. We don't know a lot about him. We know some of the actions that he'll take uh, during the tribulation period. But what allows him to come on the scene? What allows him to gain such control? Uh, what is it that allows him to um, get the hearts of the people to follow him, get the hearts of the people to want to follow him because of their anxiety, worry, and fear? Uh, of course, uh, I, we, I would think, I think the Bible makes it clear that the event that opens the door for the Antichrist to come on the scene is the rapture of the church. Um, it's a global event. It's a terrifying event to those that are left behind. Uh, it will throw uh, economic markets into turmoil. It'll throw uh, a lot of instability into the world. Uh, not to mention, and this is very important, uh, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit today is the life of the believer. And with the believers removed instantaneously at one time, uh, it really opens the door for the Antichrist to come onto the scene. Uh, just think about that. The presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer uh, not diminishing the fact that God is omnipresent, but the, the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of the believer removed, if all the believers are removed at one time, uh, really opens the door for people to follow very quickly uh, an anti-God, anti-Christ uh, leader of the world. There are many obvious distinctions in Scripture between the nation of Israel and the church. Uh, and this seven-year period of time is God dealing with the nation of Israel in particular. And uh, so one of the things that I'm going to want to look at here uh, in, a, in a future episode, probably our next episode here on wrestling with scripture, is Daniel's 70 weeks. So God gives a very clear pattern of time, outline of time to Daniel uh, in, uh, prophetically. And uh, there's a seven-year period of time that I think everyone agrees, it's very clear in Scripture, it was a seven-year period of time not yet fulfilled for the nation of Israel. And that seven-year period of time is the tribulation period. God is dealing with the nation of Israel. And so um, the, the church age is over. The church age started abruptly. Mighty rushing wind the day of Pentecost. It started dramatically. It will end as dramatically it will end as abruptly. God will call home his church. And then the seven-year period outlined in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel's 70 weeks. Uh, again, we'll look at that later on, but that period of time begins. And so uh, we, we can't uh, be confused about the, the separation of time here between the church age and God's dealing prophetically what he said he was going to do with the nation of Israel. We know, too, that the rapture will be in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, it'll be a surprise. The Bible gives every indication that one, you know, that two are working together and one is gone. It will be abrupt. It, it will be a surprise. It will catch people off guard. The Lord said he's coming back, quote, as a thief in the night. 
He'll catch people off guard. That's why the, the, the parable of the, of the virgins with their lamps, some of them had run out of oil. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They didn't expect it. So again, just back up a second. What if the rapture was until the midway point of the tribulation period? Uh, the Antichrist would be on the scene. He'd go into the temple in Israel and uh, commit his blasphemy, his defamation against God and against the temple. It, those things would be an obvious timeline. We probably wouldn't be caught off guard that he's coming back. As it is now, the rapture is the next thing on God's timeline. I believe prophetically in scripture, the rapture is the next thing. I believe not only is the world in darkness, just like they were the first time he came. But not only is the world in darkness, but the church is in darkness. We're being lulled to sleep. We're being lulled in a false sense of don't know when he's coming and don't put a lot of thought into it. He's going to come back very quickly as a thief in the night and catch people off guard. The rapture is the next event in the prophetic timeline. That seven-year period in heaven uh, accounts for things like the judgment seat of Christ. There's a time frame that that must take place. Uh, before the millennium. Uh, there is a, uh, the um, uh, marriage between the bride, which is the church, and the groom, which is Jesus Christ. That event, there's a time frame of those things to take place, and that seven-year period just allows some time frame. I understand that's earthly time. Uh, God's time is different than us. God doesn't need to work on our schedules and our clocks. I, I'm perfectly aware of that. But just in a, in a matter of literal chronological order, that, there's a period of time for those things to take place. Then, of course, there's little to no mention of the tribulation period in the epistles. And uh, if we were going to go through some of it or all of it, uh, it just seems to reason that God would give us more information on how to handle that time. And, uh, and we don't really see that in Scripture. And so First uh, Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, uh, the Lord's coming back. He's coming back soon. He's coming back quickly. He's going to catch people off guard. He's going to start the wheels turning in the events of the last things in the tribulation period. Open the door for the Antichrist to step forward. I believe the rapture of the church is the very next event. We should be prepared for it. We should be ready for it. We should be expecting it at any time.